Greetings, greetings, greetings in the name of Jesus, amen. Tonight, amen, we'd like to welcome you to ELR Prophetic on tonight, amen, on Sunday Night Explosion, amen, on tonight. We're going to have announcements as follows. For those who want to connect with ELR Prophetic Shift, please send a request to anchor anchor.fm, ELR Prophetic Shift, for advanced support. For those who want to connect in here again, amen, for contact information information and also for prayer, counsel, counseling, please give us a call at 1-636-422-0344, For calling in tonight, and we'd love to welcome you to our Sunday night explosion on tonight. Amen. We have Tuesday night in God's Word, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Prophet Jack Holman and was a spiritual uh, innovator, amen, and his message on Tuesday night was Jesus on the main line, amen. The mantle of prayer took place on Thursday night, amen, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, Prophet of Glenda Lang, and on Sunday night exposure, amen, it is the ministry at large, amen. So we just thank God on tonight, amen. Please continue on the call-in request and the call-in at 313-209-8800, 1-313-209-8800, with our cash calls, 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 615 So we thank you for tonight, for the callers coming in. Welcome to ER Prophetic Ship on tonight. Amen on tonight. So we're getting ready to go in, go before the throne on tonight in prayer. So for those who are seeking for prayer, send that request, amen, to our our local dedicated line of the podcast. Amen. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight, amen, as you get ready to, as we begin to decrease and increase, decrease, amen, as the Holy Spirit begins to increase in us, Lord God. And Father, we thank you on tonight, amen, for allowing us to do ex- exploits, allowing us to to be able to flow under your anointing, oh God. And for those who are sick on tonight, amen, we pray, oh God, that we declare and decree the your stripes, that we declare your healing in Jesus' name, oh God, for you say it's their faith that will make them whole. And Father, we speak over Prophet Holloman right now on tonight. We speak to his abdominal muscles. We speak to the abdominal stomach, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Every muscle that is aching, every pain that is experienced, oh God, we declare and decree that healing will take place and it begins to move. Father, we come against anything that of a sickness. We come against anything that even comes upon the affliction of the body. We even come against any headaches, any stress, any just tiredness in the body. Amen. Father, we thank you, oh God, already in this healing, oh God. We declare and decree, oh God, that you will move on his behalf, oh God. We pray, amen, for his brother. We pray. For his uh, stepmother, we pray, oh God. For his other brother, we pray, amen. For Dion, amen. We pray for Eric. We pray for Whitney, amen. We pray for the family at large, oh God. And Father, we thank you, amen. We pray for the house of God at large. We pray for the body of Christ at large. We pray for each and every one that is on this line, 
Amen. On tonight, Apostle Brownlee, Apostle Mays on tonight. Amen. Prophetess Glenda Lane. Amen. For those who are continuing to keep calling Dayon. Amen. Thank you for calling for ELR Prophetic Chef. We thank you on tonight. Amen. Uh, for you doing what you said you were going to do in this season, oh God. And Father, as I begin to decrease, amen. Amen. That you begin to increase, oh God, on tonight. And Father, whatever the direction, the shift of the Holy Spirit that you tend for us to go on tonight, amen. Father, oh God, strengthen us, oh God, that you will move on our behalf on tonight. And Father, we thank you, oh God, for your strength. We thank you, oh God, amen, that you teach us in your word to lean not to thy understanding, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God, that you are strengthening us in this day and in this season, oh God, that you've given us, amen, the things, amen, that you said in your word that you would not give us no more than what we can bear. And, Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your strength, O oh God, as we begin to move, O oh God. And, Father, O oh God, as we, as we deliver, amen, this undulterated word of God, which means uncut, amen, that, Father, you begin the hearers and the doers of the word. And we thank you. And we thank you on tonight, amen, on tonight that you begin to strengthen us, O oh God, and we declare and decree that you move on the behalf, even with jobs, oh God, move on the behalf of finances. On the finances, oh God, for those who are are constantly in our prayers, oh God, ones that are touched us, the ones that are loved ones, the ones that are homeless, oh God. Father, make a provision for them on tonight, even for even the place they head on tonight. And Father, we thank you, oh God. We thank you as we touch an agreement that you begin to move, oh God, strengthen us as a whole, strengthen us as a unit, strengthen us even as a body of Christ. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your strength, oh God. And, Father, and lean not, and you said in your word that we lean not to thy understanding. Amen. And as we begin to lean not to thy understanding, you begin to strengthen us on tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray, we declare and decree and amen, and it is so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Gave me my hand. Reach out to man to show him your love. And the perfect land you gave me my ears so I can hear your voice so clear. I can hear the cry of sinners, but can I wipe away those tears and Lord? I'm a vessel to you. My will I give. I do what you say. Do use me, Lord. The chosen one, the way to enable me. To say, my courage is empty, and I am 
available to you. Oh, my storage is empty, and I am available to you. Hallelujah. You gave me my voice to sing out your word, to sing out your praises to those who never heard. But if my eyes, I see a need. For more availability, I see hearts that have been broken. So many people to be free. And Lord, I'm a vessel to you, to you, and only you. And my will I give to you. I do what you say do. Use me, Lord. To show the way, the way. To enable me to say. My story is empty, and I am available to you. My storage is empty, and I am available to you. Hallelujah. My storage is empty, and I am available. My storage is empty, and I am available. My storage is empty. And I am available. My storage is empty. And I am available to you. Hallelujah. Come on and put your hands together. Amen. And bless the Lord on tonight. We thank you on tonight, oh God, that we are available, oh God. We are a vessel that is willing to be used by God. And Father, we thank you, oh God. How My soul is empty. Hallelujah. And I am available. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. My storage is empty, horrible and I am available. Handle the bosokora bandeleshe, 
Father, we thank you, O God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, O God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, O God. Rabba soko rabba rabba se rebeche. Rabba rabba soko rabba ndeche. And I am available to you. I'm not rabba soko rabba 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 he says that we are available. We are available. We are available. Father, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God. Or tonight, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you for what you're getting ready to do on our behalf. And Father, we get ready to turn in. We get ready to turn into the book of Second Kings on tonight. Second Kings and nineteen. Amen. Turn to Second Kings and nineteen. Or tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And we want to go to uh Second Kings nineteen. Let's start at the fourteenth verse tonight. Alright, the fourteenth night. Fourteenth verse. Amen. And then as we begin to read the fourteenth through the 14th and the 19th verse. Well, tonight, amen. For those who have their Bibles, amen, to have their scriptures, amen, uh, you can turn to that scripture on tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to read Second Kings, amen. Hallelujah on tonight. Father, we thank you, A God. We thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, for those who uh, actually want to read it, amen, uh, you can turn to the 14th verse, amen, and when everybody has it, amen, we'll go ahead and proceed on tonight, hallelujah, we'll proceed, proceed on tonight, hallelujah, come on and bless the Lord, come on and put your hands together, amen, on tonight, and tell the Lord, thank you, oh God, tell him for what he has done on tonight, amen. And we're going to talk about, amen, the prayer of Hezekiah. Amen. Hezekiah, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And it talks about his affliction. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, on tonight. Amen. As we get ready to turn, I'm trying to clean up my glasses. It looks like it's so foggy. Amen on tonight. So I'm going to read the uh, Father on tonight. I'm going to read. go ahead and read the um, application portion of the Bible. Amen. And then we're going to go back and read through the King James Version. And if anyone has another version, we can read it. Because it's always good to have a, a better understanding as far as uh, reading the content. Amen. And to understand yes, the history and everything behind uh, the readings on tonight. I was trying to straighten out my glasses so I can see. Amen. So if anybody wants to read, is this Second Kings? Anybody wants? Nineteen. Yes, Second Kings chapter nineteen. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Amen. Right. Uh, the nineteenth. Yeah, the nineteenth. Uh, the fourteenth. If you can read, if you want to, you can read the the fourteenth verse. I can just go in second if I can flip it on to second one on tonight. Hold on one second. Okay, what's going on here? What is going on tonight? Fourteen. Fourteen. All right, that's 
16 verse to the 19th verse on tonight. From the 14th to the 19th verse, that's correct. Yes, chapter 19, second king. Coming from the spiritual warfare Bible. Okay. Um, and it's called, it says, mine starts thus Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Then Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, mm-hmm. O Lord God of Israel, who sits on the cherubim, who alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth? You have made the sky and the earth. Incline, O Lord, your ear. And hear, open, O Lord, your eyes and see. Hear the words of Second Zacharias, which he sent to taunt the living God. 17, surely, O God, the kings of Assyria has annihilated a nation and their land and has put their God, small g, in the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Thus they had been destroyed. That's the end of that. All right, that's uh, down to the the 19th verse, right? 19th verse? 13th, the last one more. Oh, yeah, 19th. It says, not... It um, says, so now, O Lord, our God, mm-hmm. save us from his hands that all mm-hmm. the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Amen. We, pray, we thank you for the reading of the word, O God. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God. Well, Father, as we begin to decrease in amen, as we begin to increase in all God and us, Father, and let us, however, the direction, the flow of the service on tonight, amen, begin to strengthen, let it begin to strengthen on tonight, and we thank you, oh God, for this opportunity, oh God, as you begin to strengthen us on tonight, oh God, and begin to be a revelator of the word and the understanding of the word, and Father, we thank you on tonight, amen, Father, as you begin to open up and um, liminal these pages, amen, on tonight, and so we thank you in your presence, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Here we're, we're talking about uh, King Hezekiah. And um, at the time in, in chapter 19, he, he, he was seeking counsel because uh, there was a war that was going on, and they were coming to dismantle uh, the kingdom that he was running during the time. Um, but at the same time, in the 19th chapter, there was a threat, amen, um, and, and when there was a threat, um, threat to destroy, dismantle the kingdom, but at the same time, what was going on, remember Isaiah had sent a word to Hezekiah and told him that he was going to die, that he was going to die, okay, he was going to die, 
and, and sickness had fell upon him. So when sickness had fell upon him, he he said, he said, you mean to tell me that the God that I serve, amen, the God that I serve, you telling me that I am going to die, amen, and because of the repetition, because of the repercussions of the last king that was in rule. Remember, there was a, another king that was in rule prior to Hezekiah. That particular king that was in Hezekiah was wicked, all right? He was wicked. Uh, and because of the fact that wickedry had served that time through the last kingdom reign, what happened is rolled right over to the road right over to the time when he was in reign. And so because of that, he had to suffer uh, the consequences due to what the last king had, um, had done, all right? And what happened, they were talking about how uh, they were talking about during uh, the king of Assyria, Amen. And he returned and found him fighting. So there was basically was a war. Um, there was, I think it was um, Terra Kanush, and then it was another, another, uh, another one, uh, Rasha Fahim, Kushan Rasha Fahim. He was the one that was also fighting in in this particular war. So basically, the purpose was it is that their God's purpose was to destroy and dismantle the nation. Amen. And when they were getting ready to dismantle the nation, Hezekiah went into straw. He went into straw, and when he uh, took the letter from the messengers and, you know, said that the temple was, they were getting ready to attack the temple, he really, he had to go to God and say, you know, God, you know, I I, I did what I was supposed to do. I, I prayed. I, I had a, a I had a specific lifestyle, and and and, and I, I did what you called me to do. I, I guided the kingdom properly. I didn't see everything, you know. They did not go into idol worship. They didn't go into these things, but yet I am going to suffer the consequences from a prophet that spoke to me, just came to me, and told me, amen, that I was going to die. Amen. And, and, and I, I don't know if I can accept that. I don't know if I can deal with that. Uh, so now I'm getting ready to, you know, get ready to go into my closet. I'm getting ready to go and lay in my bed right now. I'm going to lay in my bed and, and, and begin to, uh, 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 to fall away. But at the same time, you know, he said that even though that I turn my back against the wall, amen, uh, even though the prophecies said that, you know, he, he was many years were added on to his life, but he had to encounter, he had to suffer, he had to know what it feels to be uh, for his, uh, for the kingdom, uh, the kingdom that he was ruling to to suffer. He he had to know what it means that even though that he was in, in, in this predicament doesn't mean that it was over. Even though that he was going through what is going even through the affliction of his body, that doesn't mean it's over. Even though that the kingdom was actually falling apart and it, and it was the fight between the, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, you know, all these things, and it was going out of control, out of his control. And when it went out of his control, amen, there, there was a, a, a death, a defeat, amen, even in the midst of the war, amen. And when he said in, I think in 32nd verse, he said, therefore, that what the Lord says about the Assyria, that he would not enter the city or shoot an arrow or come before it or build an assault or ramp against it. He would go back on the road and he came and he would not enter the city. 
city. So that's letting you know that even in the midst of the debt, that when, when the enemy attacks us, amen, God is building a ring around us. He is building a force field around us that it would not come near our dwelling. It would not come near our dwelling and by any means. And he said that I will defend the city and I will rescue it for my sake and my sake for my servant David. So that lets you know that with the Masonic of David, uh, there's a there's a history behind this thing. All right? There's a history behind this thing with David. Remember David, when David was in rule, uh he was on God's after on God's heart, but then yet, you know, he had a little issue. You know, you had a little issue with with you know, with his flesh. He just had a little issue with his flesh. And then he wasn't able to continue what to build the temple, right? Then Solomon became uh yeah, then Solomon his son, what was his predecessor, became um king. Okay, then when he became king, it was you know, it was wisdom. He was full of wisdom, but he had that same issue. You know, it was like almost like uh history repeating itself. He had that same issue, but he was he he was a man of wisdom. All right. So here it is, you got all these kingdoms, and then you had another king that came after King Solomon. You know, when he came after King Solomon, remember, he, this this particular king, he was so wicked. I mean, he was so wicked it, to the point that, uh, you know, um, to the point that he did so much wickery that what happened, it rolled over, rolled over even to the next kingdom reign, which was, you know, uh, ran into him because, remember, at the time prior to that, remember, I think it was King Hoshea. King Hoshea was the one that was um, ruled before Hezekiah came into rule. And King Hoshea was very wicked, all right, because he had done worshiping out of God. Um, and uh, I think Azai, Azai died, died in the event of this too. Azai, King Azai before that, because remember, King Azai was wicked too. So King Azai was wicked. Also, King is a, a King Hoshea was wicked. All right, he was wicked. And then when the turn of when it got to when it got to King Hezekiah, Amen. After all that, he had to suffer behind what they did. You know, and he was trying to make it right. He was trying to make every everything fall on point. Um, everything's supposed to flow the way it is. You know, and the the sad part, and I think because of the fact that. Um, because it says in the third year, King Israel, King Hoshea, the son Eliah, Hezekiah's son, all right, became the king of Judah, right? So if he was the king of Judah, who do you think was the king of Israel? Okay, Hoshea was the king of Israel. So that tells you that they let you know that Israel and Judah. So you got Israel, which was the northern kingdom, and Judea was the southern kingdom. So we had two kingdoms fighting against each other, right? And both of those kingdoms came from the lineage of of um of Adam and Eve, right? It came from the lineage of them of, of Shem and, and Ham and um all of those and, and, and it was after the lineage actually after the lineage of Cain and Abel actually. And all of those all of those that came under under that, they was under that under that rule, so they were very wicked. All right. So because uh Hezekiah relatives or people that was in rule before that was connected to him, guess what? Hezekiah had almost had to suffer suffer the consequence. 
all right? He had to suffer the consequences, okay? So he had, you know, he had his children, he had his children, and, and the children had his children, and they were talking about how Israel began to fall um, because in the fourth year, um, during the time that King Hezekiah was uh, was in reign, amen, they said that the Assyrians um, captured at the end of three years. So by the time that he was enrolled by the sixth year, which means what six means represents the year of man, right? Hosea, King Hosea, Hoshea, which is which he was captured in Samaria, all right? So when he was captured in Samaria, so it lets you know that Hezekiah was in, in, was in I think, in reign close to, what, 14 years, maybe 14, 15 years, maybe 14, 15 years. So 14 years, 14 years is like almost decades. Okay, so in the Jew, in the Jewish custom, in the word, they will say the year, the 14 year is almost as if 14 decades. Okay, 14 decades. So you're talking about 14 decades. That's, that's, you know, 10, 20, 30, you know, time that, that's almost 140 years. So he's almost equivalent 140 years that he was in, in rank. All right, and when Hezekiah receives word from Isaiah that in the midst of this because and the thing is he was he was a, a a good king he was a good king and he did the best he can to keep everything you know under to fix everything everything that was messed up he fixed it he fixed it but because of the fact of the lineage that he was connected to and sometimes sometimes you connected to somebody that's in your family that's connected and they cause something you know that stuff falls on the person, even though the person is a good person, a person that's done this upright, they actually suffer the repercussions behind that. Unless we go to God ourselves and ask him, look, you know what, I, God, I'm asking you to forgive the, the, the sins of my forefathers, forgive the sins of, you know, of whoever. And, 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 and so because I don't want to be caught in the midst of it, you know. But like I said, because he was not fully aware of what was going on during that time is, he ended up suffering the sickness and the repercussions. So when Isaiah came to him and said to him um, that he was going to die, he sent that message to him. He had all immediately went into what he went into uh, havoc. He went into he uh, folly. He went into he was a fear. He said, "Look, it's fear. I mean, I don't think I'm ready to deal with this. You know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to die now." Because then he said that in those days he had became terminally ill. So that means it was a, a, a sickness that came upon him. And he told him, Isaiah told him specifically, he said, I need you to get your things together. Right? I need you to get your things together because you're about to die. And matter of fact, he said that you will not recover. Now, for that to come from a, a, a prophetic judgment that comes from a prophet, all right, that's very strong, okay? That is very strong. He said, get yourself together, put everything, dot your I's, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's. Uh, you need to put out a living will. You need to put out all that because right now from this particular illness, you are not coming back from it. And that was a test for Hezekiah, all right? That was a test because he, in, in, the, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of his trials and tribulations, in the midst of, Something that he really did not deserve, he got to the point and got to himself and said, well, if I'm going to die, oh, my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to have to deal with it. But at the same time, he did not give up. 
because he went to God and he said, God, I need you to remember me. Um, I walked before you faithfully, and he was. He was very faithful. Um, he's done everything good in his sight, you know, but yet, uh, yet, uh, uh, there was a bitterness in him because he was sobbing because of the fact that he knew that he was getting ready to die, you know. And, and, and the thing is, when Isaiah delivered that message and when Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall, and he began to pray and began to fall out and cry before God. Isaiah, Isaiah was still in the courtyard at the time. And Isaiah was in the courtyard, and when he was in the courtyard, courtyard, the Holy Spirit came to him and said, Listen, I need you to go back and tell Hezekiah what I said and, and tell him this is what I said. Go to your ancestor David. I heard your prayer, and I heard seen your tears. He said, I'm going to kill you. And then he said that once he go on a third day from that temple, so you know that was a ritual thing that for three days they had to be cleansed, right? That was an offering, a, a, a sacrificial offering um, to be cleansed. He said, after that third day, after that third day, he said, I will add 15 years to your life. And I will, not even that. But I will deliver your city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Because first he was wearing about, oh, my God, I'm not in a position. I don't have enough men to fight this war. I don't have people in position to do what they needed to do. I am, like, distraught. I don't have any hope. Everybody turned their back on me. And here I am supposed to be the king. And, and everybody who I trained turned their back on me. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? So that contribute also to, I think, believe that the, the illness that he was feeling on the body because he went through, he started out with depression. He started out with depression. He started about, like, look, you know what, if, you know, if they're going to kill us, they're going to kill us dead. You know, I just got to deal with it. But then when Isaiah, when, when Isaiah had went and released that word, okay, he released that judgment, not judgment, and it wasn't a judgment against, Hezekiah, it was a judgment against the city itself because the city was so corrupted, right? It was so corrupted, and because the lineage that he was connected to, the lineage that he was connected to, that's when God began to hear. He said, you know, he's connected to David. So, you know, David is connected to Jesse, and Jesse is connected, you know, his mother, and his mother and Jesse, and then you got a uh, 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 Boaz, you know, Ruth and Bo Boaz. Ruth and Boaz was connected. Ruth and Bo Boaz was connected. And when they was connected, they was connected to, to the Masonic. They was connected to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay? And and Amen. so because of lineage, even though he had the kings before him that was connected to him that was corrupted, but because of the grace of mercy of God, because when Hezekiah cried out before the Lord and he turned his face to the wall. So that the, the so in other words, he's telling us that in this time that we're dealing with and we don't know where our where we're coming, we don't know when the next meal is gonna come from. We don't know where, you know, our our, our finances how it's gonna escalate it. We don't know how it is. He said, Lord, he said, I want you to turn your face to the wall. And I want you to turn your face to the wall 
and, and sometimes you got to kind of talk to me a little bit. Sometimes you got to talk to you. Sometimes it's like talking to yourself. You talk to yourself. It's not like you're talking to yourself. It's actually you're talking to God. But you're talking, it seems like you're talking to yourself. Because it, it seemed like even remember when, when remember when uh, Hannah was in the in the temple. Remember she was in the temple and she was crying out. And, and Elias came to her and asked her, why did she, why was she drunk? She, you know, it made it look like she was talking to herself. But no, she was crying out before God. So he's saying, turn our face towards the wall. Turn our face towards the wall in spite of what goes on. Turn our face towards the wall in spite of what's getting ready to resistance and stuff. Even if it's, if it's getting ready to, to go down and everything is about to just be dismantled. Turn your face against the wall, even when on your job, amen, that, 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 that you, that they tried to write you up and you know that it's not true and try to make you find it. Turn your face towards the wall. He said, turn it because when you turn your face towards the wall, he said, I can hear from you. I can hear from you. I can hear when you're crying out. He says in what Second Chronicles, he says 7 and 14, right? He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek thy face and turn from their wicked ways, right? He said, then, and I only then, that I will hear. When I hear them, he said, I will hear the land. So, Hear the land means that not just the land or restore what was taken from you, but he was talking about hearing the land, talking about the body, your physical body, hearing your hearing, hearing your physical body because you are crying out to him. You're crying out to him. And when Hezekiah began to cry out and cry out and say, all my ancestors that, that did wrong, all the kings that, that were went before me that was wicked, Father, I'm asking you to forgive them, amen, because I didn't do anything, but then, yeah, I got to suffer the consequences. But it was by his grace because he was connected. He was connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. He was connected to David. He was connected to John the Baptist. He was, oh, Rabbi Shea, he was connected, amen, to, uh, to David. He was connected, amen, all the lineage, amen, because God remembered them. He remembered them. And he says, after the cleansing, after I send you to the temple, and I, I, I send you to the temple, there's a ritual that is be, it's going to be done by the Levites. And when you go to the Levites, they're going to clean you. They're going to clean you, all right? Then after the, after that third day, he said that I at 15, that I will add 15 more years to your life. Amen. And what happened is after that, they said Isaiah had brought figs. Amen. And applied it to his infected skin. So that lets you know that he had received an infection from the inside. There was an infirmity that was the inside. So that lets you know that was almost as if it was cancer. All right? So infected skin, figs, applied to the affected skin, figs. So figs, amen, to cover up, to cover up his body because his body was, was it, it had so much impurity. And he said, what is the sign of the Lord to heal me? Then I will go up to the temple uh, temple on the third day. And then Isaiah said that this will be the sign to you. He will do what he promised. Should the shadow go ahead ten steps and go ten back, ten steps back? Hezekiah answered that it's easy for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. No, let the shadow go back ten steps. So Isaiah uh, the prophet called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow, oh, Rabbi Shay, back to the 10th step that he had ascended from Ahaz's stairway. 
All right, so that lets you know that that particular shadow also represent, represents the death. It represents the death. He said the shadow, something specific about the shadow. So that lets you know that um, in the midst of that, that he was uh, he was getting killed. He said the shadow go ahead ten steps or go back steps. So ten, it had ten. The number ten had a specific number. It was a specific number. And then when Hezekiah said it's easier for the shadow to go back up the steps, right, as opposed to going down, you know, going down. Amen. So because Ahaz, remember Ahaz, really it was supposed to be to hit out on Ahaz first. And it was supposed to be hit on Ahaz first. And because of that, amen, remember, like I said, all of them are connected. All of them were connected to each other. Unfortunately, they were all connected to the bloodline. They were connected to the bloodline of David. They were connected to the bloodline of, of, of like I said, of Ruth uh, and Boaz. They were connected to Jesse because Jesse was, was David's father. You know, they were all connected. Amen. So when they were all connected, um, God had to sit there and think about this thing, and he had to evaluate. So, okay, well, I know that uh, Hezekiah didn't do nothing wrong, but, you know, it's like all if as if because of what was done wickedry in the kingdom prior to that, Hezekiah actually had to suffer from that. Amen. So even behind that suffering, he still, he still said, I didn't want to die. You know, I didn't want to give up. Normally, uh, if you, if you, if you look at the scriptures, um, on several occasions, um, there were many, uh, many, many servants that when they got into a situation, they wanted to die. Elijah at one point wanted to die. You know, even though he was he was very strong and very arrogant to to and you know he was he was a very they say he was a very wild natured man, but even he wanted to die at one point because when Jezebel came after him to try to cut off his try to behead him. All right, and then Job had that situation that because of everything went on in his life. At one point, he wanted to die and told me to say, Lord, just take me back to my mother's womb because I, at least my mother's womb, I ain't had to suffer. I ain't had to deal with this. I, you know, just take me back. I, I just want to die. But when Hezekiah, Hezekiah said, look, I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to do that, you know. So sometimes we got to uh, turn our face towards the wall to really to get to, to get down to the bottom of the situation. Sometimes we have to keep our bodies against the wall, just like with Nehemiah, when Nehemiah began to build that wall, when he built that wall, we got to stay against, stand against that wall because if we stand against that wall, we already know which is the wall, rock of salvation. We already know that we're not, we're not going to fall, you know. So he, he began to, like I said, he, he really had to really start at that time, uh, had to activate his faith. He had to activate his faith because there, there was no way that, you know, you know, if someone come and tell me I'm going to die, you know, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, what do I do, what do I do, what do I you know, but because of the fact that he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle for this. I'm not going to settle for this. I'm going to fight. Yeah, I'm going to fight. I may be sick. I may be full of, full of infection. I may not say I may be full of cancer. So if you look at the word terminally ill, that automatically tells you that it was cancerous. 
All right? So they let you know that it was spread through his body. But how many know that we serve a God that is a healer? We serve a God that is a deliverer. Um, and at one time when, uh, at one time now when he was first received that message, what was the first thing that he did? He tore his clothes, right? And he covered himself with sackcloth, right? And remember when those times when you, uh, tear your clothes, it was another incident when, when, remember when, um, Joseph did the same thing, uh, he, he tore, uh, he tore his clothes. You know, his, his son, remember his son, uh, when, when, when Joseph, they said he was killed by animals and stuff, and Isaiah tore his clothes, um, because he went into mourning, right? And he wore the sackcloth and material that was like that brown looking, it looked like a box, looked like a, uh, looks like a bag. And he put that and he began to mourn. All right? Not as, as if, you know, I'm getting ready to die and this is not gonna work, but then yet, because that was the enemy talking and dealing with Hezekiah's mind that I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know, you know who, who am I to challenge this prophet? But he did challenge because he challenged it because when he challenged it is when he got to the point when he said, you know what, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die out. But guess what? I'm going to, I'm not going to go down without a fight. He wants us to get to the point that not to go, to not to go out without a fight, to not to go out, uh, to go out any kind of way, you know, not to give up. Don't be sit there and be on our last limb and, 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 and to give up. Amen. Because a lot of times, a lot of times in that particular um, time frame, uh, even even with the during the time when uh, during Babylon when they turned around and sent the letters and stuff, and everybody now heard about Hezekiah was sick, right? Uh, and when they found out he was sick, that's when. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, they said they came to Kevin and asked him, what do these men say and where do they come from? You know, like almost as if he wanted to get in their conversation, so as if they wanted to challenge him. All right? They wanted to challenge him. So he says, you know, this is this, this only reason why you're suffering. And this is what, you know, Isaiah was basically telling the only reason why you're suffering, uh, because of your descendants. You know? Because of your descendants and they were connected, um, the sins that they did carried over to the next generation. Um, you remember that when that time when um, Hannah's son went into the uh, went into the temple until like for eight, until he was eight years old, and remember that God spoke came to him and spoke to him, and um, Elias was like, "Who is the, who are you talking to?" And so I said, no, that's not me. That's not me. He said, Elias, is that you? Is that you? He said, no, that's not me. That's not me. Okay. Here it is, a little boy, eight years old. Okay. And God began to speak with him and say, look here. You know, these people that you're in the temple with, Elias' uh, children, uh, Eli's, Eli's children, they were priests. They were doing stuff that they big and bad to do. They were being, having corruption and having orgies in, in the temple. And, having the merchants going on and selling in the temple and stuff. And, and, and because Eli was up in age, he didn't, he was too comfortable. He like, you know, he didn't want to really want to chastise the son or really didn't want to co- correct them. But God had to go through Solomon at that time, you know, had to go through him at that time and say, look here, you know, 
tell him, because Eli said the judgment is not just going to fall on him, but the judgment is going to fall on the defendant, everybody that was connected to him, you know. And because, remember, in this time, the dispensation of grace did not take place, right, until the New Testament. So because that, this what they had to deal with, you know. But because, hallelujah, that he turned his face towards the wall and he said, I wasn't going to give up. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm crying. I'm in tears. I, I tore off my clothes. I'm in mourning. I got, as a matter of fact, they said that he placed ashes on top of his head. And you know, a symbolization when you place ashes on top of your head, that's saying that you are accepting the fact that you are going to die. Amen. Anybody want to uh, say any comments or add to that? Anyone? Anyone want to answer that? Amen. Anyone want to add to that? Amen. Okay. All right. So because of this, because of the fact that, like I said, he was dealing with that, and because of the letter that was sent to him, Amen. Um, Hezekiah, they say Hezekiah gave them a, a hearing and showed them the, the whole treasure of the house. See, these are all the, the silver and the gold and the spices. Remember, all that was left behind during the time, even when Solomon, uh, Solomon was in uh, in reign. But there were many other kings, like you said, that was coming after after him. That came after him was corrupted. You know, and one, you know, there's an old saying that says one, one, you say one person's, uh, a bunch, one apple spoils the whole bunch. So if you got one bad apple, right, it like spoils the whole bunch. So what happened is, like I said, the lineage that was attached to it ended up suffering. Um, so after that, you know, he had added the 15 years to his life. He added the 15 years to his life. And, um, what happened is even during that, if you look at the 20th, I think the 20th chapter, the 12th verse, it talks about how Hezekiah rebelled against Sargon. And um, what they were doing, they were looking for um, political and military allies. They were looking, you know, to fight just them. Okay? And then when it got to the 21st, Remember, the tribe of Manasseh was called the men's of war. They were um, the last fighting tribe. Remember? Remember there were three specific tribes um, during the time that they uh, that died out in um, Israel. And um, the three tribes, uh tribe of Manasseh was one of them. The tribe of Judah, but the tribe of Manasseh was one of them. And they were called the fighting tribe. All right? And what happened is, when um, after Hezekiah's death, they said the rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, along with the might, uh, made a pool in a tunnel uh, in the water of the city where written about historical records. So they're talking about what uh, basically um, after all that he had went through, even though he added 15 years of life, he served those 15 years of his life, and then he, you know, he went home. He went home to be with the Lord. Amen. He went home to be with the Lord. But he did everything he can done, have done. Uh, so, like I said, that terminal illness that he was experiencing, um, you can best rest assured that it was cancer. 
it was cancer. Maybe the word cancer wasn't exposed back then, but it was uh, something that was uh, eating up his flesh. Um, something was causing like uh, the uh, the skin to be that, uh, malformed because it said the skin became uh, it wasn't even boiled. It was like it was malformed. Um, and they were saying like inside his system he wasn't functioning like you know. So basically, it almost got to the point that Hezekiah wasn't even functionable anymore uh, to run the kingdom, to run the kingdom, you know. Um, but the good thing is, the good thing, like I said, that, you know, he, God gave him that opportunity one more time, all because he had turned his face towards the wall, and he served out those uh, those years, uh, those years that God had uh, designated for him and um, and stay in reign, you know, and you notice that during the time that he was in reign, Isaiah was uh, fully connected. And remember, you have to understand that Isaiah was one of those weird prophets. He was like a weird prophet. He was the, one of the weirdest prophets, they said, out of all the prophets that he had in the Bible. Okay? Because Isaiah was crazy enough one time even to walk through the, uh, they said to walk through the country. He walked through the whole city with no clothes on for three years. Who does that? Okay? And he did that politically. I, I don't understand, you know, but you know what? Sometimes they say prophets are very <laughs> unique and different. So <laughs> you got so it. Well, I guess when God gave him that instruction, that instruction. But when I read it, I thought, I like, is that humorous or is that is that weird? Well, it, it was, it was, um, and and they said that with Amos for Amos or Amos, it's Amos in the, in the I think in, in the King James version, but in the uh, it says Amos. Amos was uh, remember he was a what it says a minor prophet, the minor prophet, which was Isaiah's uh, father, right? And um, they already said that, that Amos wasn't nothing to play with. He was very, very strategic, very – they even said that, that Amos was just very rude. But when he released the word of God of judgment to fall on, on the city, it happened. It happened just like that, you know. And then Isaiah came along. Your son came along. And Isaiah was just strange. Oh, my God, he was just strange. I've never seen nothing like this. And because it was a political thing, it was a – and all it was because when he was walking through the, the country, uh, that particular city, um, those three years, there was a political thing. It was a political thing, and, and, and what it was is that he he wanted to to let people know that you cannot allow yourself to be in bondage. You can't allow yourself to be under captivity because as long as you uh, change your name. Because remember, in, in in the Babylonian captivity, you know that you notice everybody that was captured, their name was changed. Um, remember, the three Hebrew boys had different names, but then when they went into Babylonian captivity, their names changed. He was also doing that, so you can't, you know, you changing the names after going to, going to bondage, and you want to got in there to put on clothes that they really don't want to put on. But then, yeah, Isaiah cook it and challenge them and say, I mean, you know, I'm going to walk around here with no clothes on. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. And he, and then, you know, he did it. They even thought and said, ooh. He said, oh, Isaiah lost his mind. He lost his mind. No, he lost his mind, but <laughs> David is just to the Lord. 
Oh my God. So <laughs> walk around with nothing on. So that lets you know that the type of God that we serve, you know, we have a God that is a loving God, a serious, a God that is serious, but we also have a God, a God that also have a weird sense of humor because I would never think that, you know, you would walk around with nothing on. Okay. Nothing at all just because to, uh, prove a point, you know, and then, um, they said in the night, in the 20th, I think within the 20th verse, it said Isaiah, the son of Amos, went to Hezekiah saying, thus said the Lord that which, um, that have prayed against, uh, Sarah, the king of Assyria, I have heard you. So he, he was praying against, he was praying against the, uh, the kingdom, the, uh, the southern kingdom because of the fact, like you said, they was getting ready to dismantle. They didn't have enough manpower to fight back and and then here it is the king was sick you know bedridden terminally ill which means there was no turning back there was no turning back because he was terminally ill so that lets you know that it was cancer that was involved or some type of illness that uh caused his body his whole body not even just the outsides of the body but the inside of the body and remember when he had went down to the temple for those three days the Levites did a cleansing, a cleansing on him. Um, they said with the cleansing, they had, um, first thing they did, the first thing they did, um, took them to, when they took them to the sea, you know, the sea that was dirty. Now tell me why he would send somebody to the sea is dirty. Well, I tell you, God works in mysterious ways, right? And the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. Sent them right into that, and he had to go through a cleansing for three days. He could not communicate with nobody. He couldn't talk, not talk to nobody. He couldn't. He he had to just had to deal with the process. And imagine you having all that stuff elements on your body. You have all this water, water that's not sanitized, not you know that's not clean. But because they gave him specific, the Levite specific instructions on how to clean him. There was a specific way. And the reason why they were cleaning him was because of his, uh, the connection of the kings that was prior to that and the kings that was connected. Those kings that was corrupted was connected to him through ancestry. But at the same time, he was still connected to David. He was connected to Jesse, right? He was connected to the Masonic. He was connected to John Baptist. He was connected to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wasn't even born yet. Okay, so he was already connected when he realized he didn't realize he wasn't, you know. So um, as they began to cleanse him and they began to purify him, um, they had to isolate him. And say so when you when you get isolated, it's like uh, when you're going through chemotherapy. You're going through chemotherapy, you notice that they they isolate you and, and um, like you have a lymphocytes and all the, the white blood cells once they, you know, because sometimes that chemo will kill the white blood cells in your body, your immune system goes down. So imagine going through clean, a cleansing, but this particular cleansing uh, had because they were reading scriptures in the midst of the cleansing. They were, um, in the midst of that, they were, he was asking for his ancestry to be, to be forgiven. So that was part of the that was part of the ritual or part of the cleansing process um what Hezekiah had to go through. All right. And when they talked about they said, um, after all that, 
after all that, um, before Hezekiah died, the king Hesera um, was killed. He was gone. He was killed. He died. And then when they said when it was came to pass, um, they said that when Hezekiah was killed, he said it came to pass, and that's the fourth verse, the twentieth chapter, guys. In the fourth verse, it says that when it came to pass, Isaiah was gone astray in the middle court, and the word of the Lord kingdom said, remember, he said, go back and tell him that. Now, what if, what if, what if that if Isaiah never, if, if Hezekiah never turned his face towards the wall? Do you knew, do you, 15 years would not have, would not have been added to his life. Even though he was a righteous man, he was faithful. But because he was, who he was connected to his family, he was connected to his family. He was getting ready to, he was about to, um, to get ace. You know, he was about to get ace. So he's saying to us that even though we may have family that may be drugs, alcoholics, some type of addiction, that doesn't mean that we have to be suffer that addiction. Just because they have these things, we can turn around and ask God and say, Lord, even though that's connected to my bloodline or connected to me at some point, but I curse it to the root in the name of Jesus because I don't want no, I don't want that continuing to my lineage. So when I leave on, I don't want that connected. So my children have to suffer. He says, so I'm going to go to God and ask God to forgive, not just on my behalf, but to forgive my ancestors for what they've done. Even though he didn't do anything, but he went to God to ask forgiveness for his ancestors in the midst of the time that he was being cleansed, right, after instruction that Isaiah told him to go. I need you to go and get cleansed. He said, because God said he's adding 15 years to your life. So, Think about 15 years. Now, you remember a year, a year during that time is almost almost equivalent to six years. Okay, so you're talking about 15 years. You know, 15 years is a normal, but one year is equivalent to six years. Okay, so he had a couple of more, you know, a couple of more years while he was in rain, and then after that, like you said, then he, maybe he departed and then went to heaven. But, God gave him that chance. God gave him a chance. You know, gave him a chance to say, you know what, I'm gonna let I'm gonna extend you a little longer so you can do what you need to do and uh get the kingdom, get the kingdom back in order. And once you get the kingdom back in order, you know, you're coming home. You know, you're coming home. That's why he told him specifically how many years that you know and see one thing about it, if you think about it, check this out. You know, if a psychic tell you, oh, you got you got seven years of it, you know, you gonna at the at the seventh year, you gonna die. At the end of this year, by the time you're eighteen, you're gonna have this shadow following you until the age of fifteen. Hmm. That's a medium talking, okay? And not even just a medium, but a person that is cursing you. I'm gonna. Seven years to the time you're 18, you know, this dark shadow is going to be following you, and after the 18th, uh, this person is going to die. person will die, then the curse is going to be broken. So imagine that being told to you, okay, told to you, and then you have no choice but to go what to turn 
your face towards the wall. Okay? Imagine that Isaiah didn't even have no type of, when he said it, he didn't weep or anything. He just said and released it because he had no choice to release that. But that only did it enough to test Hezekiah so he can say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Y'all may say, I want to die. The doctors may say, because when they say he's terminally ill, that means the doctors had already given up on him. All right? So that's like almost a stage four cancer. All right? That as if he was giving up on him. So uh, how many know that God doesn't give up on him? He doesn't give up on us. If we have to fight like hell, we just have to fight like hell until until he say, okay, enough is enough. Amen. All right, did anybody want to share anything or say anything on tonight as we get ready to close out um, in reference to this tonight? Oh, I wanted to tell you that um, what happened is when they were captured by another enemy, they would always mm-hmm. change the name, and the change mm-hmm. represented that that I changed your God to my God. So that's why mm-hmm. they all they would change their name. Um, that's right. You know, and then the beauty mm-hmm. of of the prophet uh, Hezekiah, knowing he was going to die, at least he knows mm-hmm. that. He know how much time he did have left, and he did have mm-hmm. opportunity to serve the Lord. So that was a good mm-hmm. thing. You know, mm-hmm. some people might have just cried and been miserable and didn't want to do nothing and be depressed and right. everything. But at least he loved, he loved God enough to say, well, Lord, thank you, and I'll go do what you told me to do. And he did it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was a blessing as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then a lot of those scriptures talked about um, dark-skinned people. Dark-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were mm-hmm. blacks. They call them the ones that came from the tribe of uh, Chad. Um, right. And stuff like that as well. So there's a multitude of things in that particular um, chapter um, about mm-hmm. um, love and commitment. And as well as throughout mm-hmm. the Bible, it talks about um, uh, that I am the seed of David, I am the seed of Abraham, the Jesse, whatever, mm-hmm. because that, that, that's, that's reinforcing that, that you are part of the lineage of Jesus Christ in the end. Right. And that, that's important. So we're just like, I don't believe that God just puts you anywhere. He knows which family we're going to be in, born in. He knows who our aunts and uncles are going to be. He knew all these things. And I don't think that God mm-hmm. makes mistakes, you know, as well. So um, that's all I have to say. I wanted to point those two things out to me. Amen. Amen. Yeah, God, yeah. Okay. Amen. We, we are... Um Thanking and thanking, thanking, amen, everybody that, that tuned in on tonight. Amen. The ELR prophet is just, amen, Sunday night explosion, amen, on tonight, amen. And just remember, you know, in spite of everything that goes up, you know, even when the doctors say they give up on you, amen, uh, we have to learn to turn our face toward the wall. Uh, 
when it gets to the point, even when you're getting persecuted on your job or persecuted anywhere, amen, he's teaching us to uh, turn our face towards the wall, which means not allow ourselves to get distracted, amen, and not allowing us to be distracted, not allowing us uh, to allow the things that surrounding um, the area or the atmosphere. Remember, God has given us the power and authority to change the atmosphere that we are in. And because he has made us, amen, in his image, he made us in his image. And so he knows us. He knows us individually. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows all that. You know, he knows all these things. So because he knows all these things, he knows exactly what we're going to do. So it's not like we're not going to get tested. Yeah, we're going to get tested. You know, look at here, Hezekiah was tested, you know, even though, you know, but yeah, the doctors gave up on him and they said he was terminally ill. So that, that tells you right there, the doctors and the scribes, they gave up on him, you know. Uh, but whose report that you should believe? You said what we should believe, the report of the Lord. And, and, and like you said, God extended that time. That's the beautiful thing. He extended his time and he told him, you know. It says no no man knows the day, the hour that the Son of Man will come, right? So why do the why do if you might answer the question the media tell you specific times and dates? You might can answer that one. Why, when the Bible simply says that no one knows the day and hour? Now the only only one that knows this stuff is the Holy Spirit, right? He knows that. God knows that. Why is the medium, okay, using pimping God's gift that we were talking about earlier, pimping the gift, pimping God, and, 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 and perpetrating that they know specific times and dates of sickness, of winning something or receiving something, you know, knowing what's getting ready to take place. I think that because I know when God shares things with us, he shares things with us in fragments because if he give it to us all at one time, we probably definitely wouldn't know how to handle it. So why why, why do you think they do that? Because they are, their father is a liar. He's, he's, Satan was the father of lies. And so they mm-hmm. would pretend that they are. They know everything that they have, you know, the, all the truth um, mm-hmm. and stuff. And then some people are just so crazy and they believe this because they don't have no relationship with God. They don't know their word. Mm-hmm. They don't know what the Bible right. is. So they just go and waste their money and pay all this money to these psychics and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. But it, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's that. That's what it is. Um, on that on tonight. Amen. All right, we getting ready to close out on tonight. Amen. Um, on tonight, Sunday night explosion. Amen. We did good timing. Good timing. Amen. On tonight. Amen. So, uh, proper language. Go ahead and um, close out tonight. And close out tonight. We thank you for the unadulterated gospel of the truth. I thank you, God, that we know ourselves have to be able to 
turn ourselves to the face of the wall. And we might have a physical wall, but a spiritual wall that we can walk mm-hmm. into the will of God and to know that he is the supreme being of our lives. We thank you, God, for this night, this whole weekend, that we have diluted our word into our word and come out more anointed and revelation knowledge of who he is. I thank you, God, because this week that we, we, we believe that we're going to walk in blessings of God and unseen blessings. And we thank in advance that cover us all under the blood of Jesus this week coming up. Um, our children, our children's children, and everything. Because the Bible says that God knows everything. He knows the way that I take. So we thank you, God, for the way that we're going to take next week. And we give you all the honor, the praise, the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And we thank you for the service tonight, God. Again, amen and amen. Turn it back again to the Apostle Erica. Amen. On tonight, we thank everybody for tuning in to ELR Prophetic Service. We thank you for everyone that were listening on the call. Uh, we're gonna, uh, we thank you for in advance um, what's getting ready to take place. Amen. We thank God for today, the midday manna. Amen. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. The midday manna was awesome. And um, we just give God glory, the glory for what he has done. Um, in this season on tonight and may the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit continue to rest will abide in this kingdom forevermore until we meet again. Amen. On Tuesday night. Amen. God bless you and thank you for tuning in to ELR Prophetic Ship. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.